Hello, everyone, and welcome to Queer and Dumb, the first ever mini episode. I am uh, Tom Valamez. I am a bit uh, dumb. I am Jamie McDonald, and I am so queer. So queer. <laughs> that <laughs> like, was terrible. I, that was so good. You did you did a little shimmy when you said that. Mm. You're getting it. You're getting it. And our guest is the same one as we had in our previous episode, Travis Glossop. Welcome to our mini episode. Thank you. It's lovely, and I love how everything's just a little bit smaller in here. It's yes, nice. it is. The room is shrinking and everything. Yep. The reason we're doing a mini episode is that Jamie is on a holiday. That's right. So how what bloody fit- selfish. It's like you're letting the content let the content go so you can have a little break. That's right. Jamie's on an all-inclusive holiday, so we can't record an episode now. So what we did last time we're doing... I don't know how time works now. Mm. The tenses are getting odd. But anyway, we uh, used our studio time to record a normal episode. And this is the mini episode so that you get a month off. Yep. Yeah. This is how the sausage is made. Yes. I'm enjoying this part of it. I'm a podcast producer. You're talking my language, Tommy. Travis is an excellent podcast producer. Travis has made our trailer. Go and listen to the trailer after this mini-episode. So the topic of the mini-episode is art that makes me horny and uh, why. Yeah. Jamie, I'm going to count on you to just kick us off. All right. Well, shall we start with the first art, and I'm not sure that this is really art, that made me horny. But this is going to be a little bit odd because... My first kind of crush, on-screen crush, was specifically for Hot Rod in the Transformers movie. Now, when Hot Rod became Rodimus Prime, he was no longer attractive to me. However, Hot Rod, as he was the sort of bad boy of the Autobots, lovingly drawn in full 80s cartoon style and on the big screen, I, for some reason was transfixed and had a massive crush on a cartoon robot car. So for you, Hot Rod was a hot rod. Absolutely. (laughs) You were a kid and watching it and just feeling it. I still don't know why that is possible. (laughs) Are you into bad boys? I think so. (laughs) Is your husband like a a mean individual? No, my husband is the opposite of a bad boy, (laughs) which... Not to say that that is necessarily good boy, because that's a totally different like thing entirely. But he's the opposite of a bad boy. I've been into mean girls. Have you? Yes, yes. And it hasn't gone well. <laughs> it's gone better with uh, nice nice women. Yeah. But uh, I've had some mean women, and there's, there's just some extra kick about um, them uh, not being so nice to me, which doesn't make any sense. But it just makes then me put in more effort. Mm. <laughs> and I feel like uh, it's like a hunter-gatherer thing. I'm hunting something. Like when it's a nice woman, I don't have to hunt for their attention and acceptance. Right. Yeah, I don't know what it is about the bad boy thing. Like I've been on the back of a lot of my motorcycles. Just riding the motorcycle, <laughs> shall I say. Uh <laughs> But going at speeds that really, like, you look at the speedometer and you go, like, well, at least it'll be quick. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like just giving over control to this, like, demon, speed demon uh, taking the wheel. I I don't know. There's something about the bad boy is very attractive, but very childish. So you've grown out of the bad boy. But you say that Hot Rod, when Hot Rod became good, you're just like, I know. I don't want to do you anymore. He was always good. He just all of a sudden had responsibility. He was misunderstood. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he was a fun-loving 
yeah, he was a bit misunderstood and he made mistakes, but then he was like, his heart was always in the right place, mm-hmm. but he, you know. Not to be too much of an engineer here, yeah. but how do you fuck a transformer? Uh, and which form is it? Yeah, or good point. Do you know, actually, there was a fantastic artwork by a Finnish artist called Theo Alarona. And actually, this is Enter Exude. I think it's called Enter Exude. And it's still touring in many different places. And this is a theater piece. It's fucking brilliant. It's three transmasculine individuals and a very cyberpunk looking car. I can't remember the, what the model is, but if you think of the most cyberpunk-looking car, this is it. And the car is on the stage, and they basically do erotic things with the car the entire time. It's about uh, masculine sexuality and masculine horniness and connecting that really kind of obviously with a car because it's such a, a known trope that they took this trope to the extremes. And the things I saw being done with exhaust pipes and windshield wipers, like this shouldn't be allowed, but it was super, super awesome. Was You're great. talking to a lifelong public transport user, but now I want a car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. You want to see this piece. It's great. So uh, who goes next? Uh, well, I was going to ask a question, Jamie. Where do you land on the biker mice from Mars? I don't know the biker mice. From, I'm a little bit old for biker mice from Mars. Right. Because I was going to say, I feel like they would tick a, a few of the boxes. My husband's kind of obsessed with them. Okay, fine. Yeah. That makes sense then. Okay, I'm okay <laughs> with that. I'll accept that answer. I'm close enough to an obsession <laughs> to biker mice from Mars to be acceptable. Yeah, because I'm yeah. going, okay, my uh, my intuition was right. <laughs> that yeah. there, there would be some connection somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so I was trying to think about what mine was, and I was obsessed with the sitcom Red Dwarf. <gasps> which one? I need to know which, I need to know which character this is. <laughs> Um, oh, famous British sitcom. Yeah. yeah, yeah, famous British sitcom set in space from uh, very late 80s all through the 90s, and it was uh, seminal viewing for me. And most of the characters I had a feeling towards at some point. The cat was the, still is, the just the epitome of style, class, yeah. sass, sex, all of that, and obviously hilarious. But there's a there's a scene when Kachansky is... It's actually not Kachansky. It's it's an alien that has... It's like a siren that has formed into Kachansky, and she's wearing, like, this army uniform, and she's all dirty, and she's got a massive gun. Um, <laughs> and she was very sweaty. I remember that. She was sweaty, and you can only see her on this, like, little uh, screen on a spaceship, and she's like, get out of here, Dave. I've got our sons. And I'm like, oh, whoa, hello, mate. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on there. And also both Hollies. <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What okay, what about what about Ripley from Aliens? I only watched the I on New Year's Day, I watched all th- well, I watched three alien films. Yeah. Yes, please. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In that second one where she's running around with a massive gun and like with the shorter hair. Yeah. Her, her underwear is always kind of up to date in the most tomboyish way possible. Yes. Which I, it's just a detail that I don't know how they managed to do, but Ripley is, I think, an awakening for an awful lot of queer people in many different directions. Yeah. Travis, about the, the Red Dwarf. Yeah. How, what you said, uh, how would you say to someone who hasn't seen it, who doesn't know what's a holly, who doesn't know what's a, uh, what was it about that uh, interested you? Uh, I think I'm getting the theme of the big gun. 
<laughs> but what else? To someone who has never seen it, how would you describe what about Red Dwarf made you have feelings? Do you know what? I think it's I, I've sort of maybe strayed away from the sort of horniness of it and. I spent a lot of time with these characters growing up. I was so involved in this world, similar to like Doctor Who. Yeah. Love Doctor Who and this sort of like space age going off into the, the cosmos and doing whatever you want. It's, it's, yeah, it's sort of like a less horny thing and more like the sort of futuristic... They're out in space on their own and they encounter just all these like random weird aliens and stuff like that. I don't know what it is about that, but I like it. So you had strong feelings about it. Yeah, I had yeah, strong feelings, yeah, like in in a sort of romanticized that like type of life in a way. There is one other example I want to tell you of like I've just remembered my the first thing person bit of art or whatever that I ever had feelings towards was there was a, a weather woman on the local TV in the northwest of England. I've tried to track her down. I'm, I'm yet to do that. <laughs> Fame... Travis, don't. <laughs> Via the internet, I'd just like to be clear. But I think this is a sort of story that is told within my family quite a lot. So the lady was on the TV. She was doing the weather report for the northwest of England. We were having dinner around the table i politely excused myself from the table went over to the tv and for some reason back in the 90s you had those sort of like fat back tvs and with the big sort of speakers built into mm-hmm. the unit i whispered into the speaker <laughs> and said i love you <laughs> well lady i love you <laughs> I, I'm almost certain that she she heard. Oh um, I think I put her off just slightly. Went back to the table, and my dad was like, "What the fuck was that?" <laughs> <laughs> Maybe and, that's yeah. what your dad was talking about. <laughs> it's like you and that weather. Yeah, not in this house. Yes. <laughs> Don't you bring weather women round here. Yeah. So now about uh, me. Yeah. Uh, when I was watching either Knight Rider or MacGyver, and the protagonist, the main character, would be tied up. Oh, ah. you got that. All right, all right. Like sometimes they'd be in a situation where they get tied up and then they have to untie themselves. And I would be like, I hope the this would last a bit longer. <laughs> like, <laughs> I hope they weren't that good yeah. at untying themselves. I, I just felt sort of a light bondage ropes. I could really identify with the character at that moment and I had these weird feelings like warm warm odd odd feeling like oh okay that's a quite quite the bind tie them tie them harder (laughs) bad person amazing so that was the first time I remember having those kind of like feelings and then uh, quite a bit later I was almost 20 I might have been 19 or something the Starship Troopers Mm -hmm. there was something about the fascism Oh, really? There was something about... Uh, really caught me off guard. I wouldn't expect you to say that. <laughs> since I'm I'm s- extremely left-wing and everything, <laughs> but I can't choose what looks horny to me. <laughs> it's not a decision that you make. There's something about people moving in formation huh. and fascism, and then there was one leader who told everyone what to do and uh, total camaraderie among all the soldiers. No one would ever question anything. The suits... Well pressed uniforms. I was going to say yeah. uniforms. There is, but this is a really common. Sometimes just you know, just a thing, or even up to a fetish. Are you accusing me of not being a freak? <laughs> I mean, you're a freak. It's okay. Like <laughs> you can, you can choose exactly how freaky you want to take yourself. But just watching that, since it was a parody, 
the Starship Troopers, the original book was just actual fascism. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the movie was a parody, so there was so much of it that an actual fascist thing would not have that much of it. Yeah, Since yeah. it would be too much. But Starship Troopers is just every scene, and they have utter fate in their federation or whatever. Over-the-top fascism, I don't find it as hot anymore. <laughs> but when I was about 20, mm. just one of the hottest things I've ever seen. Okay, but like everybody is talking so far about things that are not necessarily erotic images. They are somehow like concepts. Ba- yeah, they're mm. badass images. Or like, there's a really interesting person who runs something called the Smut Slam. It's like a it's the Smut a, Slam. Smut mm. Slam. It's a dirty. Well, it's a sexual story te- storytelling evening. It sounds like a Swedish breakfast. But she's, have you had the yeah, Smut Slam? I really, it should be like that. <laughs> she's based in Berlin. Her name is Cameron Moore, and she's an amazing person to lead these things because she's, you know, of course, when people start telling stories about their sex lives, you run into all kinds of things that people have experienced that they don't think is problematic or they, you know, and they just talk about it. And so she has to kind of like, let's circle back and recover what happened here without, you know, shaming anybody. She does an amazing job, but she has this great thing where like, sex is basically 90% in the brain. And like I find if I look at something like erotic imagery, like if I look at, at Tom of Finland imagery, most of it is not super erotic to me. It's kind of hot and it's sort of amazing to see that these physiques are there, but like I would never like, you know, rub one out over mm. a Tom of Finland the uh, hypersexualized print. I often find that art that is meant to be erotic is not necessarily as erotic to me as something that was not meant to be erotic, but just sort of like turns that whatever crank it is. Have you, Jamie, ever rubbed one out to a poem? Have I? I haven't. I haven't. I don't think so. Mm. But I haven't read a lot of really erotic poetry. Yeah. There's just something about the not something that's not intentionally erotic but sort of a way like makes you feel something and i was like i don't know poetry but i often find stuff that's really hot nowadays like there's a lot of queer art that i find super hot where what it is doing is creating a kind of visual language Hmm. like and that's what i think tom of finland was doing in the 60s and 70s is providing an image that hit a lot of people the right way but it wasn't an image that previously existed. So there's a lot of stuff. A lot of queer art right now is very, lots of flowers. There's close-ups of body parts. There's jock straps on ambiguous bodies and all this kind of stuff. It should be power dynamics. Power dynamic. Is that is that what it should be? Yeah, that's me with the ropes and the fasces. Yeah. 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 Are you getting tied up on the regular in real life? I cannot confirm nor deny. Okay. All right. All right. Should we ask you off, Mike? (laughs) With the answers to the same. Well, should we should we ask him, or um, should we, you know, wrap a few cables around him first? Um, I've, I've so often asked you <laughs> stuff, so I can answer one of these. Yeah. I thought of a great way to get you to answer, Tommy, <laughs> and uh, it's not really for an audio medium, but <laughs> no. Jamie, uh, get the ropes. <laughs> I'd say uh, I see it as a special treat. Okay, there you go. That's nice. You're queer adjacent. Queer adjacent. Okay. Mm. Okay, uh, this was our first ever mini episode. Uh, I think we revealed more about <laughs> that we've done in quite a few hours. Yeah, yeah. 
If you ever have any ideas for topics for our episodes or mini episodes, just hit us up on the socials. Well, what are you? You're a happening fish. I'm happening fish. Um, Tommy Valamies, uh, it is extremely easy to spell for Anglos. It's got a W. It's got a W. So you can just see my name the way it is spelled in that title and whatever. So, uh, Travis, where can people find you? I am Travis Glossop on all socials. Glossop is with two S's. And if you'd like, you can listen to my podcast, Can I Finish? with comedian Inca Valima. It is on all good podcast platforms. Thank you, Travis, for being in our previous episode and this mini episode. And I can say with you, it hasn't been a travesty. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Skeletor taught me how to laugh. <laughs> Skeletor was one of the yeah, yeah. bad boy, bad. bad. <laughs> yeah, big big into him actually. <laughs> okay. Jamie, shut up.